January 24th, 2022. Same thing as yesterday. No, no theme music. No uh, nice audio. Just me. This is going to be a short one because I'm about to get out here and go to this New Orleans School of Cooking. But we're talking about the language of money today. And if you think about like what money is outside of energy, it's, it's really information. A good, a good money system gives like good information. Like money, money should tell you the truth about, um, this, you know, what's going on in the economy. Um, if it's not being manipulated negatively. And so if you understand the language of money, you can understand if money's being manipulated, what's going on. Uh, if there's distortions that are, that are inaccurate. And so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm looking at money, you want to look at two, uh, a, a few things, uh, the supply and demand of money. So, um, so if, so let me explain it. it, all things being equal, if money wasn't manipulated and it was actually a free market and there was a, you know, fixed supply of money for the fixed supply of, uh, goods and, and, and labor in, in the, in the area, um, you know, then, then, that, then, then if, if, if new money is created, then it's going to make the value of that money, uh, worth less relative to the fixed supply of goods and services. The same thing. If, if there's new labor, uh, that comes into a marketplace from immigration or uh, a, a bigger generation, then that makes the cost of labor cheaper relative, uh, to the money. If there's te technological innovation, which create, which allows us to be more productive, which creates more goods and services per person in the economy that makes the cost of those goods and services cheaper relative to the money. If the money is fixed. And so understanding how to see the supply and demand of money relative to everything else going on in the economy gives you, uh, gives you insight, um, into what's going on. So that's one thing that you want to, uh, pay attention to interest rates, right? Interest rates is another thing that is another signal. Uh, that, that ties into supply and demand of money and what's going on. Because again, when money, when money is not being manipulated, if there's not enough money, uh, in the system to, um, to make the investment needed to, to, to better society, interest rates go up because they want to incentivize, uh, people to invest in projects. Uh, if there's too much money in the system, interest rates go down because there's, there's, you know, there's, enough money in the system and it's all chasing the relatively small opportunities, uh, for investment, um, in society. Um, you also want to understand who, who controls the levers of money. And this is the, this is kind of the big fallacy of the current economic system, right? We, we talk about living in free markets, but we have these things called central banks, which actually control, um, the supply and demand of money and, and not all interest rates. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm making an over, over, overall general, generalization because interest rates, like for example, America has a big advantage in interest rates because we basically, uh, we dictate the supply and demand of money around the world because we're the reserve currency. So we're, we're kind of in a different bucket, but there's other countries like Japan and Europe that also own most of their own bonds, uh, and interest rates. And so they could control their interest rates relatively well as well. So, so, you know, a lot of people think, Hey, if interest rate, if, if, if there's a lot of inflation, interest rates have to go up. No, if there's inflation, then the central bankers can choose to raise interest rates to slow down the inflation. But there's, you know, when the countries that can control their interest rates, like America 
um, Japan currently, the Euro, the Eurozone currently, then it's, it's, it's their decision. So it's not a, a free market in a free market, i.e. like interest rates in the crypto world or interest rates in countries that can't manipulate their currency. Um, then you see like real interest rates, um, and, 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 and how they work. And, and, and let me, let me backtrack to, to clarify on Europe, right? The different countries have different, um, you know, different bond rates, but the, the, Euro, the European Central Bank, uh, manipulates different countries that are part of the Eurozone interest rates through this complex system. I won't describe in this podcast. Um, you, 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 you also, so, so you want to know who controls the interest rates and the current system and that's central bankers and how that works. And if the country you're looking at actually has the control, but if we're talking about the U S then the, the central bank currently at the moment, uh, can control, uh, interest rates. And so understanding that lets you know, all right, um, I have to minimize what I, the information I take in from interest rates and more understand the motivation of the central bank, meaning interest rates shouldn't be this artificially low. It's being, it's, it's being artificially suppressed by the central bank. And so using that as information is that important. What you want to know is why are they doing it? Well, they're doing it because the U S government has way too much debt. And if interest rates went up, we couldn't really, you know, we couldn't pay our bills. Uh, and it interest rates go up, it puts a bunch of asset classes down significantly. I'm talking like probably over 60, 70, 80%. And then that blows up the whole system. So, their motivation is we can't raise interest rates because it blows up our currently overly indebted uh, system. And this is in central banks around the world. And, and so then once you understand that, then you understand, okay, what else do I need to understand for money? Where well, you understand that um, we're going to keep running deficits because when you, when you got a lot of debt and you got an older demographic, growth is slow. And so in order to fill the deficit gap, you got to either raise taxes, which is not, you, you couldn't raise enough to, <laughs> cover the bills and without pissing off the people. Um, so then you have to, uh, uh, you know, make money cheaper by printing more money. So then you understand, okay, you know, money, you know, money printing that process is, uh, debasing the currency. And so that gives you, it gives you more information. And you also want to, when you're looking at money and analyzing the, the language of money to give, to, to help you figure out what you're going to do, whether in business or investment, then you want to look at how are other asset class moving? And so, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a principle that says if money is no longer money because it can't store value because it's being manipulated, you know, then human beings are going to store their value in some other type of way. And so this is a big reason why you see people no longer holding on to cash, even if they don't understand the language of money intuitively, humans are smart and we feel that keeping cash is not right because it's not earning much. And so they move to other places that are stored of value. This is why you see, uh, this is why Bitcoin was invented. This is why you see people investing in crypto markets. People are investing in, you know, stocks and, and, and real estate and other asset classes because they're like, well, hey, I can't, the money, the money isn't paying me anything. So I got to find a way to put this excess money to work. And there's so much of it. And so looking at, you know, real estate prices, commodity prices, technology stocks, um, like I said, crypto, you start to see, Oh, okay. There's a, there's a massive oversupply of money because of, you know, all these other store value that people are trans moving their money from. And, um, and so this, this stuff is really important when you're trying to figure out, um, investing. So understanding the language of money, what I call it, uh, reading 
supply and demand of money, interest rates, learning who controls the inner workings of it, looking at different asset classes is, I think like the ABCs of being a good investor. If you don't understand the language of money, I think it's hard to allocate, uh, allocate dollars to investment portfolios. But this is not investment advice. I'm a merchant investment advisor, Stonehill Wealth Management. You need to seek your own uh, counsel before making investment decisions. Investing involves risk. And um, this is just my thoughts, my opinions, uh, while I'm on vacation in New Orleans. Y'all enjoy your day until tomorrow. Have a good one.